Okay, people, we are here for week one of 2019 for school teachers. How are you feeling? Have a think about it. And are you energized? Are you refreshed? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you anxious? Are you worried? What are you doing to manage your emotions right now? Are you taking time out to deal with the stress that's already building this early in the year? Or are you just going through the motions trying to keep up? These are all important questions that a teacher really needs to consider when they're beginning the school year. It's never too late to start taking control of your well-being and your performance, but why not start right now with week one of the year to start putting some things in place that are really going to help you reduce stress. So I'm here to help today and I'm here to share some of my insight into how we deal with stress and how we approach stress. But first of all, it's really important for you to understand how stress works. And I'm going to summarize this really simply using my favorite book of all, Ikigai, by Hector Garcia and Francesc Mirels, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life. Now in the book, they talk about us as human beings having evolved. And we're no longer cave dwellers. We are now modern humans and we are starting to become superhumans in my eyes. Now, modern cave dwellers were relaxed most of the time. And as humans, we are working most of the time and are alert to any and all threats. We are constantly waiting for things to go wrong or problems to arise. And as cave dwellers, we felt stress only in very specific situations, like trying to fight off animals, like trying to escape threats from other tribes. We only really experience stress some of the time. Now, as modern humans, we're online all the time, waiting for notifications from our cell phones, and our brain doesn't stop. 24 hours a day, we're generally waiting for a response or a notification or something to go off. And back in the day when we were cave people, the threats were real. They were real things and we had to live our lives according to these because if we didn't, we wouldn't survive. Whereas today, our brain responds to little things like the ping of a cell phone or an email for notification just like it's the threat of a predator. And lastly, you need to understand that as cave dwellers, we had high doses of cortisol and adrenaline at moments of danger to keep our body healthy and get us moving, exploding, to get away, to escape, to make a decision in that split moment. Now today, as humans, we have generally low doses of cortisol flowing through our body constantly, and this has a massive impact on our health, and problems such as adrenal fatigue and chronic fatigue syndrome become prevalent. So now that you've got a bit of an understanding of how stress works and how it's evolved, are you managing it? And are you mindful about reducing stress is the big question. Because the threats that we perceive can be real or can be fake. And they aren't necessarily a real threat. They aren't going to kill us. But our body and our mind responds to them like they are. And that's why prevention is so important to avoid the toll that stress can take on you. And that is why so many experts practice mindfulness. And that is why so many people like Smile Education 
are informing you and providing awareness that mindfulness is really important. And you may be getting sick of hearing about mindfulness, but it really is the most important thing when it comes to managing stress inside and outside the classroom. Teachers, educators, leaders, and people, including students, need to learn to turn off the autopilot that steers us in an endless loop. We all know people who snack while talking on the phone or watching the news. You ask them if what they just ate had onion in it, and they can't even tell you, says Roberto Alcibar, who features in Ikigai. And one way to teach this state of mindfulness is just through meditation, through breathing, through yoga, and simple body scans that you can do with apps like Smiling Mind, Buddhify, and Calm. Now, what I want teachers to really start to do this early in the year is consider the tips they're going to use to stay mindful. Simple things like concentrating on a task makes achieving flow more likely where you can just focus on what you need to do. When you concentrate on that task, your productivity will increase. The power and retention of learning will happen more often when you are focused, when you are aware, when you keep repeating what you're doing and when you get it right, you celebrate. And what that stands for is FARC. And it's not a swear word, it's F-A-R-C. Focus, awareness, repetition, celebrate. Because when you focus on a single task and you're mindful and you're concentrating and you're counting your breaths and you're just getting in the moment, it is more likely that you will successfully complete that task, time efficient, with some real clarity and purpose to what you're doing. Now, as teachers, we are notorious for multitasking and often we do need to multitask, but multitasking really makes flow impossible. It decreases your productivity by 60%. It makes it harder to remember things when we're constantly multitasking. And most of all, it makes us feel stressed because we have this sensation that we're losing control and that our tasks are actually controlling us. And what this causes is it causes hurt to those around us through our addiction to stimuli, where we're always checking phones, always on social media. So what are you going to do? Are you going to fall into the victim trap of this flow-impeding epidemic? How can you train your brain to focus on a single task at a time? Here's a few ideas that I'm going to share to help you create some space that's free from distraction to help you increase your chances of reaching a state of flow and thereby really get in touch with your purpose, your quest and your ikigai. The first one is don't look at any kind of screen for the first hour you are awake and the last hour before you go to sleep. Tick, 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 tick. Hour of power. I've been saying it so many teachers this year and last year. You need to set aside that time where it is all about you and you're not on technology. Turn off your phone is a big one, especially when you go to sleep. Now, I did a workshop yesterday at a Perth school and some teachers looked so surprised when I said just by having your phone on in your bedroom can severely interrupt the ability to fall into deep REM sleep, which is where we dream and we know we need dreams for creativity. So turn your phone off or leave it on airplane mode when you're trying to sleep. 
if this seems too extreme, put on do not disturb so only the people closest to you can contact you in case of emergency. Another thing is where I would really like you to designate a day of the week or half day of the week where you just stay off technology completely and they call this technological fasting. Go to a cafe that doesn't have Wi-Fi. Read and respond to your emails only once or twice a day and make those times really clear where you stick to them and you're not just constantly opening them up. Now in Ikigai, they talk about the Pomodoro technique, which is awesome. I love it. It's where you get yourself a kitchen timer. Some are made to look like a Pomodoro or a tomato and commit to working on a single task as long as it's running. So the Pomodoro technique recommends 25 minutes of work and 5 minutes of rest for each cycle. But you can also do 50 minutes of work and 10 minutes of rest. John Hady is a famous researcher in terms of education and how we learn. And John has some really fine and detailed research around setting up your lesson structures where you can't have kids taking in content for long periods of time. You need to break the lessons up with movement. It's the same with us when we're trying to complete tasks. Start your work session with a ritual you enjoy and end it with a reward. And that doesn't have to be a glass of wine, teachers. A reward can be something as simple as going for a quick walk. It can be having a little chockey. It can be writing down some gratitude. It can be giving yourself a pat on the back. Train your mind to return to the present. And this is a big one. The stop technique that I've shared with a lot of teachers so far is really powerful for bringing you back to the present moment. And it's simply an acronym similar to FARC where it's STOP. And it stands for stop what you're doing. T, take a breath, take a deep breath in. O, openly observe how you're feeling. And then P, proceed mindfully. That's stop, take a deep breath, openly observe how you're feeling and then proceed mindfully. If you notice that you're a little bit off or you're stressed, then maybe you need to practice some meditation or go for a walk or take some time out. A big one for teachers is also to work in a space where you won't be distracted because sometimes you do need to go to a library or a cafe where you can actually concentrate. Now, my latest thing is working from the town of Cambridge Library. I love it. I've got a beautiful space at home that's nice and quiet, but I prefer the library because it really gets me in the right place where I'm not distracted. And the last thing that I'm going to share with you is to really divide each activity that you're working on up into groups or related tasks because this will allow you to really set aside some time to get things done. Because focusing singly on one thing at a time is what is going to help you reduce stress. So a little recap of some of the things that you can do to really focus on a single task at a time is to don't look at a screen for the first hour or the last hour of your day. That's going to help you achieve flow. Turn off your phone or put it on airplane mode at night time. Worst case scenario, do not disturb Designate one day a week to try and stay off technology for as long as possible. Go to cafes that don't have Wi-Fi so you're forced to switch off. Read and respond to emails only once a day and set that time and stick to it. Try the Pomodoro effect where you can use a timer. Set that timer to 25 minutes of work and 5 minutes of rest for each cycle. 
Start your workday with a ritual that you really enjoy and end it with a reward. Train your mind to focus on the present and the technique that you can use there is stop, which is stop, take a breath, openly observe how you're feeling and proceed mindfully. Make sure your workspace is not distracting and find somewhere that really helps you get into flow. And lastly, divide any groups or specific related tasks and put them into a singular task where you can work through and get that stuff done so that you're not trying to multitask. And all of this should help you teachers have a more focused, clear approach to what you're doing. And this is so important at this time of year because if you're constantly playing catch up and you're constantly going around on the hamster wheel and you're not putting any little strategies in place like FARC, which is focus, awareness, repetition and celebrate or a mindfulness strategy to catch yourself is stop, take a deep breath, openly observe how you're feeling and proceed mindfully, then you are waiting for a disaster to happen that's going to derail your entire mental, physical and emotional well-being. Now, as I talked about in the start of this episode, our body is programmed to respond to stress, but we are no longer cave-dwelling Neanderthals that need to respond to saber-toothed tigers and being chased by crazy, crazy things. We now need to learn to respond to the everyday lifestyles that we live. Too much technology is causing too much distraction. You can see that in your students. So be in control of technology and don't let it control you. Simplify your environment. We just talked about this. Create a beautiful space that flows. Don't have too much clutter. Don't have too much stuff hanging around. Practice mindfulness. It really does work and I cannot emphasize this enough. That can be taking five minutes out just to reflect and concentrate on your breathing. That can be going to yoga. That can be working meditation into your lifestyle. And the last thing that I do really want to emphasize is breath work. Now, breath work has changed my life and it can change yours. And I've been doing this with some teachers of late and I've seen the impact straight away. The simplest technique that I would like you to use to manage stress and anxiety is the 365 coherence technique. And this is from the Heart Math Institute if you would like to look this up. Now, the Heart Coherence 365 breathwork technique is designed to bring your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system back into alignment where our heart rate and our bodily functions are all at a really good state of homeostasis where we're not stressed and we're not feeling adrenal fatigue and we're not tired and we're not constantly on edge. The Heart Coherence 365 breathing technique looks like this. It's three times a day. You do six cycles of the breath per minute and you do it five minutes at a time. And the breath cycle is really simple. You start breathing from below your belly button. You want to feel it fill all the way up, all the way up to your collarbones. And you're breathing through your nose. So the first breath in sounds like this. And you hold at the top for a slight pause. And then with pursed lips, you blow out through your mouth for five seconds as well. And it should sound like this. You want the sound. So it's in through the nose for five, hold out through the mouth for five. You repeat six cycles per minute. So that's five through your nose, five through your mouth, and you do it for five minutes. It's really simple, and this will help you calm down, bring your stress levels down, reduce anxiety, 
make you more mindful, help you flow, and the benefits of breath work are incredible. Look up Heart365 Breathwork. Look up HeartMath Institute if you want to go real deep. And I promise you this will really help you connect with yourself this term, this year, and this lifetime. Our breathing is really all we have from birth till death. It's the first thing we do when we are born into this world. It is the last thing that we do before we leave this world. So how you breathe between birth and death really determines how you live your life. And if you take short breaths, you will live a short life. If you take long, deep breaths, you will live a long life that is full of abundance and positivity. So please, teachers, use these strategies Connect with Smile Teachers. We're now rebranding to Smile Education because we are more than just teachers. We help students, we help schools, we help support staff, we help parents and the whole school community because a real approach to well-being includes everybody. And that's what we really want to focus on. We want you to get involved. You want us to work with your students. Please get in contact. I'd love to come out to your school anywhere in Australia. I'm going to be spending some time in Sydney very shortly. So if you're in Sydney, please get in contact and I'd love to work with you this year. Please look after your well-being. Please put it before everything else because you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy and you are loved. Love yourself. Love your students. Love your life. Love what you're doing. But most of all, just be happy and teach well. Thank you and we will check in very soon.